Hi, I'm Taryn Winterbrill, host of Bestseller TV on C-Suite Radio. On this show, I sit down with leading business authors to find out what makes their books stand out from the crowd. With thousands of new business books and titles being published each year, we try to make it just a little bit easier for you to decide which ones are worth the read. Thanks for listening. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Bestseller TV. I'm Taryn Winterbrill. We're here with Ruth K. Ross. She is the author of Coming Alive, The Journey to Reengage Your Life and Career. Welcome to the show, Ruth. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. I love books that are based on personal experience. Tell us about yours. Well, mine was absolutely personal. So I was a corporate executive for about 30 years all in human resources. And one day, this goes back to about 2010. Now, if you remember back in 2008, the world kind of went to heck from a financial standpoint. I was the head of human resources for finance for a major bank. And I woke up one day in 2008, was getting ready to go to work, just like I normally do, stand in front of the mirror, put on your makeup, comb your hair. And I literally screamed out loud, when the heck are you going to admit that you're completely dead inside mm. and you've lost the passion for what you've been doing all these years? Okay. Just a really important moment in my life. So that was the catalyst to write this book, which is all about disengagement and re-engagement? Well, there was a little step in between there. The real catalyst was I knew I couldn't do what I was doing anymore. Okay. I knew that my life had just changed from a work standpoint. And I didn't just leave that day, right? But I started to think about... What did I really want to do? Where was my passion? Was I ever going to get this back? And so it took me about 10 months to really kind of be able to execute on my plan mm -hmm. to leave. And ultimately, I did that. But I had this burning desire inside of me to write a book. And other people, when they heard that I had diagnosed my own disengagement and said, I've got a story for you. This happened to me. I started collecting stories. So you realize you're not alone. Let's put this down on paper for anyone out there who's going through or experiencing what you experienced. Not only was I not alone, if you just think about figures for a second, 87% of the global workplace identifies themselves as disengaged. 87%. 87%. Out of 100%. Out of 100%. <laughs> okay. Now, that's globally. In the U.S. alone, wow. that figure is now 68.5%. So if you think about it, every one of us has either been through it personally, know someone close to us, a loved one, a colleague, a friend who's gone through it, or maybe we've managed someone who's been disengaged. So it's everywhere. It's everywhere. All right, well, let's step back for a second, Ruth. Let's define engagement and disengagement right. because the book really delves into different levels of each word. So let's start with engagement. What is sure. engagement? So there's really kind of three levels if you think back to what Gallup surveys on it and others. And these are sort of universally known now. So engagement is about how connected someone is to the work that they do. I like to think about it in terms of, uh, if you've ever played poker, it's about buying in and going all in and kind of remaining within and being connected to the vision and the mission and the purpose of what a company does. So that's really what employee engagement is. And then how do you describe or detail disengagement and actively Okay, so the best way I can, the best way I can describe it, so these are the people, right, who are not as connected and all in, if you will. Disengaged people are really what I call fence sitters. So really what happens is they're there and at a moment's notice can be all in or not. 
it's almost like a gust of a wind can move them one way or another. It's the little moments of things. So these are people that really can be engaged, but just in that moment, there might be something going on. Oh, so, so just to clarify, so engagement and disengagement, it's not one or the other. It can go back and forth? It's really degrees of it, absolutely. Okay. So you can slide in and out of this pretty easily. But what happens with actively disengaged, these are the people that I call saboteurs. They're the ones that are speaking out negatively about the company. They're trying to get others to kind of hate it as much as they do. Mm. So they're very vocal and they're very active in their disengagement versus the ones that are kind of in the middle who say, hey, you know, maybe I'm kind of smiling on the outside so nobody really knows, but I'm crying on the inside. Right, so there's different ways to manifest or present disengagement. Exactly. So let's uh, get into some of the symptoms. Sure. The red flag, so to speak, of disengagement from a personal personal perspective and from a company perspective. Right, because there are definitely yeah. two. So if you think about it from a personal perspective, people that are disengaged, they tend to isolate themselves from others. So whether it's not going out to lunch or joining in hallway conversations to sitting in a meeting and kind of folding their hands and not really right. speaking up or participating. Low energy, kind of lethargic. They have mood swings. You know, you don't really know from one day to another. Right. Declining productivity, making more errors, coming in later and leaving earlier, uh, maybe being absent more. Those are all signs. So what happens in a company perspective? In companies that have high levels of disengagement, you start to see companies that don't take risks. They're not creative and innovative. They might have higher turnover, more accidents from a safety perspective, poor customer service, and really low energy. Hmm. You know, you can walk into a store and just not feel any energy. No one's approaching you. Interesting. That's a highly disengaged environment. Okay, so in a moment, we'll talk about perhaps the C-suite executive or right. the boss intervening when they right. when they see a person or an employee that's disengaged. But you just talked about a company as a whole being disengaged and the customer feeling that. So how does a company turn itself around and go from a disengaged company to an engaged company? And can you give us some examples of companies that have done so? Sure, so I think the first thing is you have to recognize it and you have to be aware of it because people that turn a blind eye to this, they're not gonna know. So there's one company actually, I think it's a great story. I had a chance to meet with Noah Alper, who's a pretty well-known entrepreneur in the Bay Area. He founded the Noah's Bagel Chain. So we were chatting and I said to him, so how do you know when you've got engaged employees? And he was telling me that he could walk into one of his stores and if there was energy, right? And people are, are talking to the employees and maybe the music's playing a little louder than he'd probably even like, but there was a lot of stuff going on, the shelves look great, there's just a bunch or an energy and yet he could walk down the street go into another store and it's just dead it's quiet even though customers are in there there's no noise and it's and the same product same product same, same model same right. everything but just there's not energy and the customers are not interacting with the salespeople and the the counter people are not talking to the other people there there's just no energy there's a buzz that happens right. when you walk in. So what did he do? Did, was he able to, to re-engage the disengaged Sure, so franchise? what happened was at that point he knew he had an issue. So he sat down with the store manager and said, hey, what's really going on here? Let's talk about it. And in that case, in that particular example that he was telling me about, there was an issue with some scheduling problems. And once they got it out in the open, and people realized they could speak up and say, hey, maybe we could try trading some things. And I want to do the afternoons for a while. I want to do the mornings. Let's see what mm -hmm. we can do. Then the buzz picks back up. It's not usually something big. 
I mean, that's really what's so sad about this. Yeah. It's not complicated. In that case, they had a scheduling problem. They fixed it. C-Suite Radio. So Ruth, I want to now pivot to the C-Suite. How does a C-Suite executive prevent himself or herself from becoming disengaged? Because we've talked about companies becoming disengaged, employees becoming disengaged. What about the top level? <laughs> what do you do then if, if the top level of a company, is it a trickle-down effect? Yeah, it, there absolutely is a trickle-down. Yeah. And you know, the reality of it is, it all starts with the C-suite. Even though things can bubble up from all levels, but at the C-suite, they have really got to understand that this is an issue. So I'm going to share with you just a recent um, study that I saw that I like to call bad math. A bunch of CEOs were interviewed, and they were asked, what are sort of some of your top three issues, strategic imperatives that you're most concerned about. 80% of them all said employee engagement. 80%, good number, right? Okay. Here's where the bad math comes in. The follow-up question was, okay, how many of you have a strategy to fix this in your corporations? Only 25% had. Mm. That's bad math. That's bad. Right? So it's one thing to understand that it's an issue. It's another thing to make a commitment to really understanding that this is key. So from the perspective of the C-suite, they really need to be the ones that are out there saying this is important and being transparent and getting people aligned to their mission and vision and sharing information and setting context and all those great things so that people understand what's important, where the company is going and why everybody needs to get connected, right? That loyal connection that we talked about engagement is, it all starts with them. Okay. But if an employee is disengaged because their boss is disengaged, is it game over? How does an employee it, it, prevent it disengagement be. if their boss is disengaged? It, it, it can be. This is probably my biggest pet peeve. I'm going to be honest with you. Please. Because <laughs> I, I honestly say that if you're a dead battery, you can't charge others. So what that means is if you're a manager and you are not engaged, it's going to be extremely difficult for you to have an engaged team. And so I actually put a lot of time and energy and focus into working with managers now to make sure that they know how to engage people. I actually have a workshop around this and it's so interesting because when I piloted it recently at a company, I had a number of managers come up and say, this is great, I learned what to do with employees, but more importantly, this was great for me because I had right. to look in my own mirror right. and say, I'm not really engaged right now. Right. So I gotta get my act together before I can worry about what's going on with my employees. So it's important to, for C-suiters to recognize that they too can become disengaged. In terms of the book discussing this generational perspective, which I really like, sort of disengagement differs whether you're talking about baby boomers, millennials, Gen Yers. Right, absolutely. That, I think that's key to understanding disengagement. Well, not only does disengagement change among them, but more importantly, what you need to do to re-engage them Changes. Differs, right. Right. So if you think about it, think about a baby boomer. I'll admit it, I'm a baby boomer. I would be happy if I never got another performance appraisal again in my life. It's probably why I became an entrepreneur, right? I was sick of those things. But if you look at a millennial, that's actually the most engaging thing you can do with them. They want feedback constantly, mm -hmm. all the time. Right? They're the Twitter generation. They like to talk about themselves. They love to talk about themselves <laughs> and how they're doing. Right? Right. <laughs> right? They want to collaborate. They want all of those things. Yeah. So if you think about those two generations, totally different things. I'm a boomer. What I want is I want to be able to pass on my knowledge. You know, I learned a lot, did a lot over my career. I want to be able to pass that along to others. Right. 
that's going to be engaging to me. If you think about Gen Y, they are the generation that wants to have flexible work arrangements more than anyone. They're the, uh, probably the number one user of remote and telecommuting, and they love stuff like that. The millennials want to be in the office and collaborate. Exactly. So everybody's got a different... So I think that's key also in understanding the book, that when it comes to going from disengagement to re-engagement, the audience is key. You Absolutely. Can't, you can't employ the same method of engagement for each person. One size does not fit all. Exactly. Right? Yeah. I mean, that common phrase is so important here. Because as a manager, you have to know the individual spark Sure. For someone, you know, if we take this back to the story I was talking about with mine, when I made the decision to leave, I ran into a fellow executive who had kind of been a mentor to me. And she said, I couldn't believe it that you had left. Why? Right. And I said, kind of, I diagnosed my own disengagement. And she said to me, why didn't we know? And I said, because nobody asked me. Bingo. And the honest thing is, I could have spoken up too. Right. Right. So it's a learning process, and that's what this book is about. People who are feeling like you are feeling the way you did and uh, how to come alive again. There's so much to get to, which we couldn't because we're <laughs> out of time, but I wanted to discuss the six C's of engagement, the coming alive treatment plan, but it's all in the book. That's why you have to pick it up and read it. Thank Great. you, Ruth K. Ross. It's a very interesting read, and it's a really beautiful cover, too. I meant Thank to you. <laughs> say the colors. It's really nice. Thanks for being Great. here. Great. Really enjoyed the conversation. Awesome. Uh, the book is Coming Alive, The Journey to Reengage Your Life and Career. If you'd like to buy the book and find out more about Ruth and the book, of course, you can check out our website, www.csuitebookclub.com. That's c-suitebookclub.com. Thanks for joining us on Bestseller TV. I'm Taryn Winterbrill. We'll see you next time. Like what you just heard, visit c-suiteradio.com. C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.